coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Wonderful that you are joining us today. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and I'm your host for peacepodcast.org. You know, peacepodcast.org. What if we had peace on the planet? What if we were able to wake up in the morning and know that our work was dedicated to peace? Today, we have uh, Ambassador Andrew K. Chaudhry, whose whole life has been spent working for peace. And you know, he was a good friend of my late husband, Robert Mueller. And when I look at Ambassador Chaudhry, I say, thank you. Thank you, Ambassador Chaudhry, for spending your life trying to create peace. As we were talking before we started, I said to Ambassador Chaudhry, we have our challenges, don't we? And what did you say, Ambassador Chaudhry? On what? Sorry. On challenges, we have our challenges. Yes. And you said it's the challenges that make us strong. Yes, it is the challenges that make life interesting, dynamic, and forward-looking. Well, you know, peacepodcast.org, my um, gift to the world, is about peace. That's our bottom line. Healthy living. You can't be healthy if we have wars and happiness. I read in the Bible when I was a little girl and I took it to my mother and she said, oh yeah, that's what we're supposed to do with our lives. God's going to say, how much joy did you experience? Now you and I, Ambassador Chaudhry, have the gift of joy. We can live in a peaceful house and we can do, but what about the millions of people who are suffering now? And so with that, let's get started because Dr. Ambassador Chaudhry is an amazing, amazing guest today. You may want to invite your friends to listen to this podcast and have a conversation after. I'm going to just start with one sentence about Ambassador Chaudhry, then I'm going to tell you about his litany of awards and doctorate degrees. And, you know, he's just one of those people that we have to have our mentors. We have to honor those who honor us. And that's what Dr. Amambas, I called him doctor so often because he has three doctorate degrees, all honorary, but he is such an honorary person. And here it says, Ambassador Andrew K. Chaudhry and Waru Chaudhry, former undersecretary general and high representative to the United Nations. If the first high representative to the United Nations. Now he has been a career diplomat a permanent representative of Bangladesh to the United Nations, special advisor to the UN General Assembly president, recipient of the Youth Pond Peace Award, UNESCO Gandhi Gold Medal for Culture of Peace. That's what we're gonna talk about today, the culture of peace, which he brought to full potential and spirit of the UN Award, the University of Massachusetts Boston Chancellor, Maryland Medal of Global Leadership for Peace. And this is the one I am so honored to announce, the 2018 Global Women's Peace Award. His legacy and leadership in the service of the global community are boldly imprinted in his pioneering initiatives in March 2000 
as the president of the Security Council for the conceptual breakthrough leading to the groundbreaking UN Security Council Resolution 1325 on Women in Peace and Security and in September 1999 for the adoption of the landmark program on the culture of peace by the UN General Assembly. Did we do justice to your career, Ambassador Chadre? Well, I think uh, I was fortunate to be given that opportunity by a confluence of many uh, situations, but I owe it to the, the responsibility given by my country to lead the, uh, the country uh, in the United Nations. And I could thereby hold the flag of the country high and bring good to humanity. I believe that all of us, all 193 ambassadors to the United Nations should devote, I say, yes, you represent your country, you are paid for by your country, so you speak up for your country. That's appropriate. But we represent us at the United Nations, the most universal and most highly respected global body. And I believe we, as ambassadors of our various countries, should spend some time, and I said 25% of the time, for the goodness, good of the United Nations, for making United Nations more effective. You know, you have brought up the question I was going to ask you. What is the extent of the involvement, your involvement in the UN system in promoting the culture of peace? And I want to thank you for doing that. So what was the extent of your involvement to get the culture of peace to become uh, something we all believe in? Yes, exactly. Uh, to begin with, let me say what we mean about the culture of peace. What is this concept about? The culture of peace is exactly sort of to be seen as a simple attitude that we have for everything in life. We must be able to integrate peace and nonviolence in our daily existence. Peace must, be, must not be separate from each one of us. It has to be integrated. So that is why I believe that peace and nonviolence should be part of our daily existence. And we should know how to interact with each other without being violent, with, uh, without being disrespectful, without prejudice, without discrimination. And that is how we make the world a better place. And that thought came in as the world was coming out of the second, uh, sorry, the, the longest uh, uh, non-conflict conflict, that is the Cold War, where there was no war, but we, we sat down to, I think I have to do something, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm not surprised your phone is ringing. You are one of the most popular people for the NGOs. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I, I must uh, uh, stop it. Otherwise, it may. 
sorry. Uh, that that becomes as I said, being popular because you believe in peace, and that's what our planet wants. Thank you. Oh, so um, I believe that this is what we were thinking that the Cold War was ending. The uh, world was hopeful about peace, dividend, and many other positive things, re reduction of military, reduction of armaments, and we were very happy. And then we also found that in 1945, the constitution of UNESCO focused on this aspect of if wars begin in the minds of men, in the structures or, um, of peace or seeds of peace should be also grown in the minds of men. So that, that is what we thought that very important philosophy that we should internalize peace in each one of us. And that is UNESCO was talking about the culture of peace um, since 1985-86 and we were all involved in that in, in our different ways. But when I became the ambassador of Bangladesh in 1996, um, I felt that this is a wonderful concept which should be uh, made universal through the General Assembly of the United Nations. So we started talking about the first, of course, there was no agenda item on the culture of peace. So myself and few other ambassadors together, I took the lead, wrote on 31st of July next month in 1997. Soon after Kofi became the Secretary General, we wrote to him to propose a new agenda of the General Assembly's plenary, self-standing agenda, culture of peace. And that was done. And then in 1997, we had the resolution on the International Year of the Culture of Peace. And then in 1998, we started talking about the Nobel Peace Laureates, well, living Nobel Peace Laureates wrote to us saying one year is not good enough to promote the message of the culture of peace. So we planned and they helped us in organizing for a resolution called the International Decade for the Culture of Peace for the children of the world from 2001 to 2010. And then we said, yes, we have the year, we have the decade, but what do we say? Then we say, let's work on a program of action. And that is how the, the effort started in 1998. Uh, the General Assembly gave me the mandate to chair the, uh, the drafting of the Declaration and Program of Action on the Culture of Peace. And it is one of the longest running negotiations of the UN uh, it took me nine months to prepare that resolution. And uh, I am very happy to say that not only member states, but the experts, civil society representatives, we were very, very um, energized by their inputs. So we had long debates and um, uh, efforts, but finally on 13th of September, 1999, I 
was honored to present that declaration and program of action to the UN General Assembly, which adopted it without any reservation or negative vote. So that was the, so that is the essence of the culture of peace, that it has been accepted by all nations without any reservation. And you know, that's exactly what we need, all nations to adopt the culture of peace without any reservations. Let me read number one in your purpose of the culture of peace, to unite the strength of individuals, organizations, and projects into a cohesive movement to make peace a greater reality for future generations. And number two is really important, to contribute ideas to the United Nations about its evolving role in the 21st century as an instrument for building and maintaining peace, to establish an international day of peace. I'm just reading three of the reasons. Yes, in the culture of peace. And that's a little booklet that people can find on the internet. It can be, I mean, I, you know, I had so much time spent on, well, first, let me just tell you this. I could I almost missed our meeting today because I was so busy reading your book, The Creating the Culture of Peace, A Clarion Call for Individuals and Collective Transformation. So if you're interested in becoming, as Ambassador Chadre says, a collective Transformation, we need a collective transformation on the planet today. And as I read his culture of peace, I just kept saying, well, why isn't it happening? Why isn't it happening, Dr. Ambassador Chaudhry? Well, I should say it is happening and not happening in, in a, a, a sort of a, um, a positive and a negative way. Yes. Uh, well, I, I believe that people of the world, civil society in general, particularly women's organizations, have engaged themselves in promoting the culture of peace in a big way. I think they believe that the, the, the peace should be accepted as a, a concept of inner oneness and outer diversity. So that is, the, we may be diverse in our uh, look, uh, in our countries, in our, uh, the area of living, uh, in our religion, in our traditions, but at the heart, we are all part of the human family. And oneness- We're part of the human family. Are you listening to Ambassador Shadwe? We are all part of the human family. We, oneness of, Humanity is the most essential thought that should bind us together. Human global solidarity, uh, oneness of humanity is very essential. Otherwise, you, you cannot bring peace and nonviolence with a selfish motivation. It should be, we should feel that we are a part of, the problem anywhere is the problem, is my problem. Because I think, like now, we are talking about climate change. We, in the earlier decades, we have been talking about po poverty, how global poverty engages everybody. It doesn't matter whether your per capita income is high, but the, if the, the one part of the world is poor, 
it will contribute to the instability of the world. So that is why, and same with now, the environmental degradation is affecting all of us. Climate change is really um, going to be the biggest challenge in the, uh, is already is, but it will go worse in the years to come unless we wake up. So global- we wake up, there you said it, unless we wake up. You are right on. Your words are so powerful. As you were talking, I picked up something that you said, that women have the power. And I'm going to ask you a question about that. Why women's equity is essential for the achievement of the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, in 2030. That's our goal, isn't it, from the United Nations? Absolutely. And uh, the that goal has been articulated also, women's equality, in goal number five. Yes. Goal four is education, goal five is women. I believe that these two goals are absolutely essential for all 17 goals to be realized by 2030. Um, so that, that is why I believe that women are essential for women's equality is essential because that makes our planet safe and secure. I believe that uh, women are the 50% of humanity. And if humanity, humanity's involvement, cooperation is needed to successfully achieve sustainable development goals, we cannot leave 50% of humanity behind or marginalized. So that is why I believe very, very strongly, unless women are treated and given and not given, they, it is their fundamental right to be equal and treated as such, there is no chance for global peace at all. And that is why I say that peace is needed for development, Development is not possible without peace, but neither peace nor development is possible without equality of women. Boy, you are, no wonder you got that award for the wonderful way that you respond when I asked you about what's our role today. Yesterday, I was on a call with the visioneers in Canada and we had 40 people. And then we got to the point of saying, well, what is this world doing right now about the wars that we're experiencing? And why are we not doing something that will allow this the conversations to begin so we don't shoot each other? And then one of the fellows on the call said, my mother lost her son, my brother. We were four young men. And when she lost him, her life changed. She would go to the train station to see if by accident they said he had died and that he was returning home. She would go there praying that her son would return. And so we had these tragedies that were in fact, they in fact make all families so sad and so unbelievably different. War does not bring peace. And that's what I'm trying to get people to see. War does not bring peace. It brings tragedy and disharmony. And Ambassador Chaudhry, what is the role of the United Nations today that's changing 
Um, we have so many global challenges and you're in the middle of them all. So what can we do and what can the United Nations do about these issues? Yes, um, I believe that uh, as we all are, we love the United Nations. We want the United Nations to uh, bring uh, greater good to humanity. And that was the objectives in 1945. And then it still continues. But I think over the years, it has somehow uh, become uncertain about the focus it should have. Peace is the main focus of this organization. And along with comes development and now human rights is a very essential element. But what has happened that for culture of peace, for example, this is, I call it a very powerful tool in the hands of the United Nations leadership to engage in bringing peace around the world. Because unless we internalize in us about the, the efforts for peace, we make no progress. Um, and the United Nations has not used this tool in their hand to make efforts. UN has been in existence for 76 years. I believe that if, had, if it had started, say, in 1999, when we adopted the culture of peace, for last 23 years, mm -hmm. it could have achieved a lot by involving a little part of the UN peacekeeping budget in this, uh, in this area to make the communities prepare for peace, not just leave them after the peace agreement is reached and leave them to fight amongst each other again. You're so that is so the, powerful that, to make the communities prepare for peace, to make yes, the countries prepare. That, that, that is true. And for communities, we have to make ourselves prepared for, to, to empower the communities. And I believe that it's uh, UN's not use of the culture of peace program of action is like you need a car to go to the work. You have a car, but you are not interested in driving it. And that, that is what you, the tool is available to them but they are not willing to use it because they are all given to the traditional way of peacemaking. And that's what we're trying to get people to change their mind about, that the yes. peace is the model that we should be using at the United Nations, in our families, in our right. world, the culture of peace. Now, this little booklet that I carry and is underlined like you wouldn't believe, we, and do you have the same little booklet, Ambassador Chadre? Yes, of course, I and have. This little United Nations charter this is our This is our primary sort of focus. Um, in 1945, when Rotary was there and many, many amazing people, we the people, peoples of the United Nations determined to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war, which twice in our lifetime and now more than that, has brought untold sorrow to mankind and to reaffirm faith in the fundamental human rights. I always said, Roy, 
war is a violation of our human rights in the dignity and worth of the human person, in the equal rights of men and women and nations large and small, and to establish conditions under which justice and respect for the obligations arising from treaties and other sources of international law can be maintained. Isn't that beautiful? Now, when I say maintain, I'm talking about the culture of peace. Maintain, why not? Yes, that, that, that is the issue that we are saying that we have to engage uh, individuals, communities, and thereby the, each of our nations, and then, of course, globally. And that, that is very important. It is a simple thing. All we need to engage ourselves to say, make our firm commitment to be peaceful in our lives. We have to be aware that we can meet the challenges of our lives in a non-aggressive way. We don't have to be violent to reach our goals. We need to organize ourselves to, uh, as a community, as a group, to move on. It's a, it is, as I said, that each one of us, the, the 7.5 billion people of the world, are like a pixel dot. We, each dot makes part of a bigger picture. So you go on, each one of us are part of a bigger picture. So that is what I need uh, the people to understand that we can, each one of us, sometimes I am told uh, or I'm asked the question, we are one person, what we can do? No, you can do a lot. That one person is, uh, makes a difference. And that, that is the essential message of the culture of peace that we should not feel. Thank you. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your work. And if you go to peace listeners, aren't you excited about Ambassador Shadrach? Don't you feel like you just want to join the team of the peace podcast group and to join the group, the team of the culture of peace? Why don't you join our team on the culture of peace? Go to peacepodcast.org. I have a 75th anniversary of the United Nations interview with Dr. Shadrach. And I say that again because he has these three doctorates and he has, this is Ambassador Shadrach whose whole life has been spent working on a culture of peace. And finally, the United Nations has agreed to it. Now, what are we gonna do about our future? How are we going to respond to the challenges that we face? He gave us the bottle, do it in a nonviolent way accept the challenges as ways to learn, but learn how to have conversations that are nonviolent and peace producing. That's why I wrote the book, Revolutionary Conversations, the tools you need for the success in your life. That book was a peace book and it was a simple model. You know, sometimes we get in conversations that are just impossible. So you have to say to that person, could we stop a moment? May I ask you a question? I need your help, I wanna understand. And yesterday in the podcast that I had with Grace in South Africa, she said, her key to peace is listening. And my key to peace is stopping and paying attention and listening. I listened to Ambassador Chadre with such big ears because I wanna hear every innuendo he brings to you. He's bringing you the peace magic. And if we had that peace magic, 
around our planet. Think of the world our grandchildren would inherit. Is that why you started to work for peace? Because give us that, and then I'm going to ask you um, for a last word. What was it that brought you to peace, Ambassador Chadre? I think the, the, you said very nicely, Ms. Muller, that what our work today is not going to end today by bringing peace. We have to work and contribute to a better world so that our children and grandchildren can enjoy that and grow up peacefully. So the simple things, talk to your grandchildren, talk to your children, younger ones, so that they understand the value of peaceful communication with each other. Like simple things, I have banned in my larger family any gift which simulates weapon. No uh, for, uh, play toy or play guns, no. And I have taught them as they grew up the word peace with uh, blocks of war uh, letters to how to spell peace. So these are simple things. And most importantly, no difference between boys and girls. So that is very important. They should grow up realizing that we are equal. We have to contribute together in an equal way to, for the betterment of humanity. You know, so you really have hit something really strongly. And that is that peace actually has to start in the family by the elders. Like I'm a grandma and I tell my grandchildren about peace. And I, and I use that, um, you know, the, the technology that are in revolutionary conversations. And the word revolutionary is used in a way that allows you to realize, wait a minute, I just had a revolutionary conversation that brought peace to us rather than conflict. Wow. And that's what I think you're doing. You just a wow yourself, Ambassador Chaudhry. As I listen to you, and I hope that our listeners will invite a friend or two to listen to this podcast. This podcast is our clarion call. It is our call to move into the future of peace. But it begins with each of us. It begins with us wise grandparents to tell our grandchildren about peace and to remember that peace is possible. And as my 85 podcasts say, and it begins with me. It begins with Andrew and Wawu Chandra. It begins with the people at the United Nations. Now, let's suppose you find somebody doing something wonderful for peace. Don't just sit there and smile, even though I want you to smile, because smiling allows you to get into harmony with your body and the world. But I want you to write a note, an email to somebody, that, and you say, thank you for giving the clarion call to peace in your article. Thank you for being on Peace Podcast. Make it a point that you thank people for doing what you want. You know, we're so busy critically inter interviewing people sometimes. Well, what do you think about that? No, thank you. Thank you, Ambassador Chaudhry. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your dedication to peace. And now we are at the point where we're going to say, this is a final word or two from Ambassador Chaudhry. Ambassador Chaudhry, what would you like to leave with us today? I would like to clarify or elaborate one thing. Sometimes we use the words peace and culture of peace in a sort of synonymous way. But think a little bit. When we talk about peace, 
we have other people in our mind, either diplomats or politicians or other functionaries uh, involved in uh, work for peace. But when we talk about the culture of peace, we know that the initiative has to come from me personally. So it is, uh, uh, it is my involvement that initiates the process of the culture of peace, not leave it to the politician, to the outside world. I go in the street and uh, sort of give a slogan for world peace, but come home and I am uh, not very peaceful, not very um, nonviolent. So that, that is the point that you have to internalize peace as part of your own. So that is the, my, my last uh, well, important message to end today's podcast by saying, think of peace as something internal. Think of peace as the, something which needs your involvement. Think of peace as, um, a, as a culture of your life. As a, that is why it is called the culture of peace. Thank you. And I thank you, Ambassador Chaudhry, the culture of peace. If we said that mantra, the culture of peace, until we have it firmly planted in our mind, in our body, that we can live in the culture of peace, that we have a model, as I gave you several of the ideas that came from the culture of peace, you will remember that it begins with you. It begins with us. It begins with each of us. And, you know, sometimes I, I get in conversations with people and they say, how can I change the mind of my friends who don't believe that culture, the culture of peace is possible? And I say, well, it actually begins with you. Do you believe that the culture of peace is possible? And if you say that the culture of peace is possible, just Absolutely. live in that dream, live in that vision, because a vision drives you. I just wrote a little editorial about our thoughts. Our thoughts are powerful. And if you're thinking the culture of peace, then you're beginning to live in the culture of peace. Our thoughts become the reality of tomorrow. And that's why I had Ambassador Chaudhry on today, because I wanted you to see the reality of tomorrow as his eyes and his work have made it possible. And together we can bring the peace our planet needs. And so I'm Barbara Gonmuller, and I thank you for giving me this 20 minutes of your precious life. Our lives are precious. And you gave us 20 minutes. Ambassador Chaudhry gave us the wisdom we need to carry forward into a world that will work for all, that will bring the SDGs from the United Nations into their full potential. You know, that's supposed to happen by 2030, but it won't happen without you being aware of what we need to do. It's just my pleasure to say thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure to welcome again Ambassador Chaudhry and to thank you with all my heart. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, there are people on this planet who won't give up, and I hope you won't give up. Go to peacepodcast.org, and Ambassador Chaudhry's podcast will be there. Invite your family to sit down at night, turn off the TV, and put on Peace Podcast. I know you'll thank me, and I thank you. Love you. May peace prevail on earth, and may all of you have days of peace and joy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.